This is the Sport Market, featuring the bulls and bears of sport business from coast to coast. Here's your host, Tom Manette. It is a Vancouver Canucks game day in British Columbia and on Hockey Night in Canada. The Vancouver Canucks, first place overall in the National Hockey League against the seventh place Winnipeg Jets. Now, the Jets have been slumping of late, but whenever you've got Connor Hellebuck as your goaltender, you know you've got a strong last line of defense, and it should be a great one tonight at Rogers Arena, which will also be not just a great showdown between the two best teams record-wise, two best Canadian-based teams record-wise so far this season, but the first of three games in the next couple of weeks against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, They've got a total of two here in Vancouver, one in Winnipeg, and those six points will go a long way, including tonight's game, to determining where the Jets and the Canucks finish with respect to one another. Tom Mayanect, along with Tino Farah in the producer's chair, uh, we're going to be joined in studio by John Festinger of Chandler Fogden Lyman, also from the UBC Law School and Thompson Rivers University in Kamloops, BC. We'll also be joined by Aziz Rajwani of the UBC Sauter School of Business and Langara College School of Management. We are efforting Gareth Reese of Rugby Canada to preview the Canada Rugby Sevens coming up next weekend at BC Place. Now, we've talked about this theme a lot on this show. Vancouver and BC Place in particular has become the sport hub for special events in Canada, not just here in the West Coast, but in Canada. No city hosts as many major special events on an annual basis than does Vancouver. And of course, a big part of that is the uh, amenity and facility infrastructure that uh, we have in Vancouver, uh, led by BC Place and BC Pavilion Corp. Uh, We, uh, uh, of course, also have Rogers Arena, uh, uh, smaller venues. You've got a strong convention presence uh, in the city. Uh, That all adds up to successful special events. Uh, Think of it, you know, Canadian international friendlies in soccer, uh, not only rugby sevens special events, but full field, full pitch rugby as well. Uh, you've you've also got uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps of Major League Soccer, the BC Lions in a Grey Cup season. I mean, think of both of those two franchises and some of the excitement they're going to generate at BC Play Stadium this year. Uh, you've got the Whitecaps celebrating the 50th anniversary, including visits by the likes of Lionel Messi and Inter-Miami uh, uh, Football Club and then the BC Lions in a Grey Cup hosting year at BC Place. You add it all up, you keep your eye on next weekend's Canada Rugby Sevens, and you've got yourself 
a pretty good year ahead for our friends at BC Place. And of course, that doesn't even include preparation for the FIFA 2026 World Cup, where BC Place will be hosting seven, count them, seven matches, including one in the round of 32 and one in the round of 16, and the first two featuring Canada. We've got Gareth Reese of Rugby Canada joining us here on the Sport Market with the uh, World Rugby Sevens coming up next weekend. Uh, Gareth, you say, uh, uh, I say pitch, you say party. (laughs) Of course, your slogan, you say pitch, we say party. It really reflects on the culture that has grown up around this event. This is an absolute fun time for fans who get involved with uh, costumes, get involved with body paint. Um, A lot of good stuff, as long as it's family and fun, goes and makes it part of the entertainment. Oh, no question. Yeah, thanks, Tom. It's a pretty exciting time. You know, I'm a BC boy, and to hear all that stuff that's happening, it's, it's exciting. But obviously every year as a rugby guy, I get ramped up for this one, the Canada 7th, uh, Feb 23rd to 25th at BC Place. And, um, yeah, you're right. It's uh, obviously incredible international sport on the field, tournament format, but also all the characters come out, all the costumes, all the stories, and uh, it's a pretty fun weekend. It's now gone into three week, three-day weekend because – brought in the women and uh, it's been a huge success. Gareth, for the uninitiated, what can fans who've never seen Rugby Sevens ever, what can they expect at BC Place next weekend? Yeah, it's uh, it's good because, you know, the diehard rugby people know what they're getting, but rugby has uh, two versions, a bit like volleyball and beach volleyball. Rugby Sevens is the version that's in the Olympics. So short 14-minute matches and it's tournament format, so it's knockout competition, tons of scoring, less big pileups that maybe don't make as much sense to some people. Um, and uh, so Sevens is the, is the fast-acting, uh, exciting version of the game. And so we bring 12, the best 12 women's teams into Vancouver and the 12 best men's teams as part of an eight-stop World Series, kind of like Formula One, that kind of format. All the cities, they were in Perth, Australia last week, will be in Hong Kong next, and we'll end up in, in Madrid having done Dubai and uh, all the great cities around the world. So Vancouver is proud to be a part of that. They've done an incredible job. Our fans and our public and the city itself um, have supported the thing. And it's become a fixture, and, and we're really proud of it. And if you haven't been before, you can come and you can support Canada, both men's and women's teams. And then most people tend to get uh, another favorite team, the Fijians, for example. You wouldn't believe how many Fijians live in Western Canada. They are one of our best supporters. They play an incredibly exciting brand of, of rugby sevens. The ball's always alive. And so a lot of people pick that as their second best team. Um, the Americans come over the border. Uh, we've got the Brits here. We've got the South Africans, New Zealanders, the Aussies, Argentinians. They're all here. And it's quite a, a cultural melting pot and, and lots of fun. Canada won a bronze medal in women's sevens rugby uh, just a few years ago. Obviously, big boost for the sport. Uh, what's the plan for women and men this year? Are you building on last year? Most definitely. We used to have a separate women's event in Langford uh, over on Vancouver Island, which was a big success. But obviously, with the stadium sizes, didn't uh, get to the next level. We, we were the most popular tournament in the world but we didn't think it was doing the women justice. So we brought them into the, under the big tent, literally uh, at BC Place, and now they're equal partners in uh, what's a, a three-day weekend, uh, 12 women's, 12 men's teams. And as you said, our women are, are in the 15-a-side game, top four in the world, and our seventh team are clawing their way back to fight for another Olympic medal. They have pre-qualified for Paris 2024. 
So uh, they are in, in the mix, as are almost all the other teams that are here coming to Vancouver. So you get to see Olympians the whole weekend, uh, a little bit of a precursor to what's going to happen over in France in the summer. We're talking to Gareth Reese of Rugby Canada about the upcoming Rugby World Sevens, the World Rugby Sevens at BC Place. I know there's a lot of collaboration here between Rugby Canada and the International Board, uh, between uh, BC uh, Pavco, uh, Chris May, Ken Cretney and, and, and company, and of course Michelle Collins and Sport Hosting Vancouver, all coming together to make this a special event. Why do you think it has been so successful? What makes Vancouver such an effective uh, special event hub in sport? Yeah, I, it's, I totally endorse those, uh, that support we've got. I don't think, well, I know we wouldn't have been able to do it and get off the ground. Um, some of the support from the Vancouver hoteliers, um, you know, we are lucky that we come in the winter when things aren't completely jammed. It's not Taylor Swift time. So uh, we do provide some value. And our demographic does enjoy the stadium and use the stadium. We've got some pretty incredible food and beverage numbers and hospitality numbers. So I think we played our part, but uh, there's no question that when we started this and John Furlong was our champion, he and I co-chaired the, the original bid, um, we wanted to bring something. We lost Indy, if those of you remember Molson Indy, uh, and uh, we lost that event. There was this, the, you know, creeping around that Vancouver was a no-fun city. And after 2020 Olympics, we wanted to bring something with that international flavor, we saw how people reacted to all the nations being in town, and we knew Rugby Sevens from the likes of Hong Kong Sevens over the years that this is an incredible um, celebration of sport and international relationships, but also you know a festival atmosphere that's super fun and gets people out and enjoying uh, the facilities we got in Vancouver. So I think it was a perfect alignment. There was that desire. We had some great leaders. Uh, we have a stadium that you know people forget this about Vancouver and about BC. We spent a lot of money on that stadium, no question. But you don't get FIFA, especially for knockout rounds, unless you've got a beautiful stadium that can host people properly. And the corporate people who are paying a lot of those dollars have a great experience. We definitely experienced that with Rugby Sevens. We couldn't think of anywhere better for them to come. Um, they love coming here. And uh, Vancouver's an incredible host for all the reasons we know. So um, I know I'm uh, kind of <laughs> drinking the Kool-Aid here, but, but it's true. I'm a rugby guy who grew up on Vancouver Island. I never thought we'd be putting 70,000-plus people in the stadium for a weekend in Canada um, to watch rugby. And we've been able to do that for all the reasons we just outlined. And it makes me very proud, but I'm also very excited about the future because we're working to, to bring this event back for a couple more years. Gareth, where can rugby fans and even casual fans who want to check it out get their tickets? Yeah, well, rugby.ca is our home site, and that's where the, the tickets are up and available. Um, yeah, get on there. Uh, we're at BC Place. It's the Friday, the um, 22nd, sorry, the 23rd, 24th, and 25th uh, as when we're in BC Place. Uh, TSN has just partnered with us, and they're going to be airing uh, some of the games if you're not able to get to Vancouver. But, uh, yeah, get, get down to a BC Place, and if you haven't tasted it, bring the kids. Um, come and, and just experience the, all the color and all the, the character that is rugby and rugby sevens at Canada Sevens in Vancouver. Gareth, obviously a storied career. You keep on contributing and what you're doing with the World Rugby Sevens and Rugby Canada. Best of luck. We'll have to get you on to do a final preview next week. Thanks very much, Tom. Appreciate the support. Hey, all the best. He is Gareth Reese of Rugby Canada talking about the upcoming Rugby World Sevens at BC Place Stadium. Next up, the first of two rounds of Buy and Sell presented by Pastime Sports and Games. And later this hour, 
We'll roll out the sport market pitch presented by Chambers Plan Employee Benefits. It's our sport business proposal of the week. John Festinger, Aziz Rajwani, Tino Farah, next, right here on The Sport Market. Now more of The Sport Market, rating and debating the bulls and bears of sports business. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's only been two games, but uh, I thought we had some um, some good shifts last game. Um, obviously, it was um, pretty pretty new for, for all of us to, to play together, but uh, uh, obviously we, 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 we took that and, and uh, bailed off it uh, to this game. And uh, today I thought we were a pretty, pretty solid game. Uh, didn't give up too much, and, and obviously we had a lot of zone time. Um, I think still we can or me at least, can be, be a little more direct and, and uh, be more pre- predictable in those ones. But uh, I thought overall we were, were pretty good. Elias Lindholm talking about playing with Elias Pedersen. It's worked out well so far. Obviously, small sample size. Uh, Rick Tockett being able to do some all-Swedish lines a couple of occasions this week. As the Vancouver Canucks prepare for Hockey Night in Canada, it's the Winnipeg Jets in town. They've been slumping a little bit of late, but it should be a fabulous atmosphere at Rogers Arena. These teams play three times in this last six-week stretch of the regular season. Two of them here in Vancouver, the other one uh, in Winnipeg at uh, Canada Life Centre. Tom Mayanek, along with Tino Farah in the producer's chair, welcoming John Festinger of Chandler Fogden Lyman, the UBC Law School and Thompson Rivers University in Kamloops, BC, Aziz Rajwani of the UBC Sauter School of Business and Langara College School of Management. Uh, we're going to get them plugged in right away with our panel. Time to buy, sell, or hold on the sport market. The stock market of sport. Buy and sell. Presented by Pastime Sports and Games. You can see the team of Pastime Sports and Games this weekend at the Vancouver Fan Expo at the Vancouver Convention Center. It is a wild ride. If you haven't had a chance to see it yet and you feel like meeting some of your favorite superheroes, then the Vancouver Convention Center is the place to be. Also, March 10th, Dakota Joshua signing at the new Langley store of Pastime Sports and Games. And then on March 23rd, none other than Daryl Sittler. He of the 10-point NHL record that has now lasted 48 years and counting. Round one, guys, of Buy and Sell presented by Pastime Sports and Games. First to uh, John Festinger. John, the San Francisco 49ers are the early favorites to win Super Bowl 59. Are you buying them as the favorites? Is that where you'd put your money? Not even remotely. When was the last time that a Super Bowl loser uh, was in uh, w- was in the Super Bowl the following year. That hasn't happened since the Buffalo Bills in ancient history. I think the Marv Levy Buffalo Bills. So I am absolutely not buying that. Tino Farah, 
in the uh, producer's chair, are you buying 49ers or do you want to even stick your neck out and suggest it's going to be the Chiefs or one of the other 30 teams in the NFL? Well, I guess it depends. Do they have the 49ers learned the rules by then? or are we... <laughs> You mean for the OT? Yeah, yes, I mean, yes. like maybe there's a new rule that they still have to figure out by then. We'll see. Uh, no, I'm not going to say they're going to be back in the Super Bowl next year. You know, I'll tell you, uh, it's very interesting. There's a lot of movement in the AFC at at the top, but I think even more movement in the NFC, which means harder to get out of the NFC next year. Having said that, Kyle Shanahan, one of the best young coaches in uh, the National Football League, wouldn't put it past them. They're certainly going to be a factor. Their roster outside of Brock Purdy uh, outside of the quarterback position is very, very balanced. The big question is, uh, once Purdy collects on the bigger salary, what will they be able to do to, they're going to have to let some of those big contracts go. That's why I think it's a challenge. Aziz Rajwani, are you buying 49ers for Super Bowl 59? You buying Chiefs or are you buying the field? Well, let me tell you why Las Vegas may have made them the odds makers. It's precisely the point that you made. They've got Purdy at a less than million dollar contract per year. Accordingly, they don't need to ensure that the other players stay there, that they'll ask for too much money, whereas the Kansas City Chiefs may lose some of their players because they're getting paid more money elsewhere if they're chasing the money. And that's why I think is a reason why San Francisco may be there because they've got Purdy tied up for two more years at less than a million a year. This is their opportunity, and I'm just guessing that that's the reason why. Do I think they'll do it? Yes, I think. I I think I'll pick him from the the, uh, NFC side. NFC conference side, but if I'm looking at the AFC, I'm still going to go with with the Ravens because I think the Ravens should have actually beat the Kansas City Chiefs, but it's all should have, could have. We're not going there. But next year, hopefully, they'll learn from their mistakes and be much better prepared and just be themselves instead of trying to be someone else. Don't try to be a pocket quarterback when you're a rocket quarterback and a pocket. Why are you trying to, who you, what are you trying to prove and who are you trying to prove it to? Just go out there and do you, be yourself. Like I always tell people, you go on an interview, what should I do? Just be yourself and you'll get the job. And they'll win the job, hopefully, if they just be themselves. And of course, Aziz, we want you to just be yourself. Okay. Never change here as part of the Buy and Sell panel presented by Pastime Sports and Games. March 23rd, Daryl Sittler at the Langley location. You get more information on the upcoming autograph signing sessions, not only in Langley, but uh, Bernie B. Metrotown, Tawasson Mills, and Surrey's Guildford Center at um, uh, Guildford Town Center at pastimesports.ca. John Festinger for round two of buy and sell. Are you buying that there is a pathway for the National Football League to gain as much international and national traction next year, even if Taylor Swift and the Kansas City Chiefs don't make the Super Bowl? There's certainly a pathway. Um, The door is open. I don't think it's all about Taylor Swift. I, I think it is obviously about celebrity, and it obviously is about how to bring in um, young women in particular. Um, so, yes, I think there's a pathway. I think they've got uh, the signs, um, figuring out how to do it and how successful it'll be. You know, it's not gonna, it's not likely to be as successful as it was this year unless Kansas City is yet again in the Super Bowl. 
Tino Farah, are you buying that the NFL, even without Taylor Swift, can draw the kind of domestic and international television numbers that they drew for Super Bowl 58, which, as a reminder, 123.7 million average national audience in the United States, 10 million average national audience here in Canada, a reach of 200 million watching some or all of the Super Bowl 58, and probably an overall reach of about 275, 300 million, second only to the UEFA Champions League final, which is in that 325 to 450 million range. Uh, big growth this year domestically and internationally. Can the NFL sustain it even without the Swifties? Um, it's I mean, Obviously, it's going to be tough. I agree with John that uh, unless Taylor Swift and the Chiefs are involved again, uh, they probably won't and, and probably shouldn't expect to do those same kind of numbers. But I, I guess if they're expecting to just do more of the same, then no, they're definitely not. Like it's, it's a matter, in my opinion, of them adapting and continuing to try to reach into this new fan base with through different avenues. Uh, Aziz Rajwani got about uh, 30, 45 seconds. Your take, what are you buying for Super Bowl 59? I think they get international draw. Not as much if Taylor Swift uh, isn't there, the Kansas City Chiefs aren't there, or that they're not going out uh, next year, etc., which hopefully won't be the case. They'll hopefully get married, have children, and live happily ever after. But to me, Taylor Swift is just a draw. They saw a great product. Ultimately, it's the product that matters. And people who viewed it this year on an international scale, on an international level, got to see what a great product is because they got to see arguably one of the best top five NFL uh, uh, Super Bowl games ever. And I think this is what will draw them back, not necessarily even if Taylor Swift isn't there. Uh, yeah, I think this year introduced the Super Bowl product to a lot of fans for the first time. Some of them are going to stay with it, even if Taylor Swift isn't directly connected with the event. Secondly, the NFL is promoting hard Mexico, the games at Wembley at UK, Tottenham as well, uh, the game in, in, in Germany, now a Friday game in Brazil and a game at the home of Real Madrid those are unbelievable opportunities to draw the international audience. That's where I think the growth is. And next year, domestically, there'll be more out-of-home viewership tracking. Another third of the country still has to be tracked. That'll happen next year. We'll get into round three and four of Buy and Sell, presented by Pastime Sports and Games, next, right here on The Sport Market. Listening to the sport market. Once again, here's your host, Tom Manek. Yeah, I, uh, you know he's really coming his own. Um, you know, you know from talking to Greeny in the past, not knowing. I, I think when I got the job, you know he was. He was down the minors until I saw the start of the till now. His hockey IQ has has been like. You know, sometimes we, we as coaches or management, you talk about how can he improve against hockey if he was at 5%, is it 2%? And um, his hockey uh, IQ, IQ has come up. Um, and usually guys at 24, 25, 20, it's hard to really teach hockey IQ. And I think he's a guy that's really increased his level. Like if you watch him in his own now. Rick Tockett talking Niels Hoaglander of the Vancouver Canucks, uh, one of the real bright lights this season. He's found a new level. The key is 
Can he and the Canucks take it during, take it down the stretch run and into the playoffs? And it leads to round three of our buy and sell panel presented by Pastime Sports and Games. Dakota Joshua's autograph signing session moved to March 10th and uh, not necessarily because of the upper body injury uh, of which he's listed as week to week, but other scheduling conflicts. Uh, That's when you'll be able to meet uh, Dakota Joshua and get get your number 81 signed. And then on March 23rd, it's Daryl Sittler, the former Toronto Maple Leafs great and captain uh, for 12 of the 15 years, of, 12 or 13 of the 15 years of his career. Uh, that is March 23rd. More information at pastimesports.ca. With Aziz Rajwani, John Festinger, Tino Farah in our buy and sell panel. John, who are you buying is the Canucks most feared opponent in the playoffs? Uh, of course, you've got the Canucks, Vegas, Edmonton, uh, uh, Winnipeg. Uh, they're very much part of the conversation. Dallas Stars, Colorado Avalanche. And then you've got a few teams sort of uh, uh, just at the outside of things, just on the cusp, the LA Kings who've been slumping, uh, the St. Louis Blues, uh, Seattle Kraken. Who would you least want the Canucks? Who are you buying as the team you'd least want to meet? The Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup final. (laughs) The Edmonton Oilers in the conference final. And, uh, you know, if if you give me like 30 seconds, I, I, I just have to speak to all of Vancouver now. What is wrong with us? There's no discussion of a rebuild or a retool. There's no goalie controversy. What has happened to us? I'll tell you, uh, we're loving the sunshine, I guess, going into the in, into the weekend. But I think a lot of us, uh, as as part of the fan base, as followers of the Canucks, still pinching ourselves. But make no mistake, at a certain point, you have to say this team is what it is. And full credit to Jim Rutherford, his president of hockey operations, Patrick Alvin, his general manager, uh, Cammy Granado, Emily Castongay uh, among the assistant uh, GMs, and Rick Tockett as head coach. Amen. That is exactly the point. And let's not only enjoy it, But let's be optimistic because we have every reason to be optimistic. We are not just ahead in the standings. We're not just number one. We're number one with a margin suddenly. Got a six-point bulge over three teams playing at 74 points. Of course, Boston Bruins have hit 76 points with their win today. Tino Farah in the producer's chair. Who are you buying as the most feared opponent for the Canucks in the playoffs 2024? You know what? Like, I'm kind of nervous about St. Louis, who are currently in the last wildcard spot, only because for whatever reason, we've struggled with them this season. I think that we are a significantly better team, and I think Jordan Biddington is a uh, subpar goalie, in my personal opinion. A little bit of a crybaby as well. Uh, But for whatever reason, the Canucks just can't seem to uh, have their way with St. Louis. Also, Edmonton makes me nervous. Not that I think we'd play them in the first round, but... Uh, we embarrassed Edmonton in the early stages of the season, and now Edmonton is embarrassing almost every other team in the league for the most part. So uh, they also make me nervous. You know, any of those teams that are in the seventh or eighth seed, they're always tough. On one hand, you say, hey, on paper, we've got this. But playoffs is an entirely new proposition. And uh, to me, the Seattle Kraken 
might be just as problematic an opponent. I agree with Aziz as St. Louis. Uh, LA Kings, though, I think have have dropped a notch here, and and I, I wouldn't mind. I'd, I'd probably welcome a matchup uh, against them. Having said that, that brings back memories of 2012 when the Kings swept out the Vancouver Canucks in the first round on their way to the first of three, uh, uh, first of two uh, Stanley Cups uh, during that Kings uh, uh, rise to prominence. I'll tell you, it is the second round in the conference finals that will be just absolutely outstanding if the Canucks can get there. Guys, round, uh, Aziz, go ahead. I just simply say I'll leave it, make it very short and sweet. We have nothing to fear but fear itself. Okay, if, we're, if your goal is just to get past the first round, no. The goal is the Stanley Cup. I don't care who we cross. Whether they're the best, they're the worst. You got to beat the best to get there. And we're ready, we're prepared. So my, my quote to everyone, we have nothing to fear except fear itself. So don't be fearful. And that, of course, that is an Aziz Rajwani original 2024. Uh, John Festinger, quickly, uh, round four of Buy and Sell. Vancouver has a big summer ahead of it. 50th anniversary of the Vancouver Whitecaps, Grey Cup hosting opportunity for the BC Lions. Who has to have a better summer, the Whitecaps or the Lions? Challenge to handicap because I really believe that the Lions are going to have a really good season. Uh, They've been building. They have great ownership. um, So I worry less about them. So I think the Whitecaps really need a breakthrough season because they have been such a severe disappointment for so long that it really makes you wonder what is wrong with the management and ownership of this team. Uh, Tino Farah, who do you think needs, and I'm using the word purposely, needs the better summer and fall, the Whitecaps or the Lions? Uh, needs, I would probably say Whitecaps uh, because, I mean, you and I, like we've talked about this plenty of times on the show about this script that the Whitecaps seem to follow of, you know, starting poorly, finishing strongly, and then kind of fizzling out. But I think probably it's going to be the Lions. Uh, well, not pro- I'm almost certain that it will be the Lions that have the, the bigger summer. Uh, Aziz Rajwani. Well, you know, for me, the word need, it has to be the BC Lions. I'm not going to disagree with, with my other colleagues here, respect that, obviously. But to me, need, because they need that. They need a really good summer to drive attendance to where it's a sellout for the Lions Grey Cup. And then the storybook ending, right, is what I want. I know that won't be the summer part. That'll be the fall part. But summer leads into fall, and the better you do in the summer, the better you're going to do in the fall. Ultimately, I want that storybook ending. Great, great cup in Vancouver. And, you know, similar to, what was it, 2014, you know, the, 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 uh, the Lions win. Uh, you know, I'm going to suggest that under the ownership of Mar Doman, the Lions have made more noise the last two or three years than the Whitecaps. And for that reason, Whitecaps need to do more with the opportunity that they have to celebrate their 50th anniversary, uh, the opportunity to host Lionel Messi and Inter-Miami uh, uh, CF. Uh, th- that's why from a need point of view, a sport business need point of view, I think the Whitecaps need need to take more advantage of it. Guys, 
last and and uh, uh, final round of buy and sell presented by Pastime Sports and Games. Tops Baseball out this week on Valentine's Day. You can get all the details at pastimesports.ca. John Festinger. We are on the eve of the Rugby World Sevens at BC Place, February 23rd to 25th, uh, expecting 70,000 plus over those uh, couple of days. What are you buying as the leading factor that makes Vancouver Canada's leading special event sports hub? Contrary to what some say, this is not no fun Vancouver. Um, we do have fun and we are safe and we have, uh, you know, lovely downtown venues with bars and restaurants around. And I think the combination of all those factors makes Vancouver special. Uh, Tino Farah, what do you think it is about Vancouver that makes it so great uh, as a hosting town? Uh, the views, the weather, the restaurants. I feel like I could go on for an hour about the things that make Vancouver a, a beneficial place for something like this. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really see why anybody would have any any reason to think otherwise. Uh, well, listen, uh, good on you. There's not much more that I can add except the fact that being a Pacific Gateway will continue to drive new opportunities especially in sports like rugby and soccer. But when you've got the infrastructure that Vancouver has, not only BC Place as such an underrated stadium, it's a lot more than some of its critics uh, claim it to be. And as people have pointed out, uh, FIFA has given it its uh, seal of approval. That's a pretty good endorsement because they're very uh, high bar in terms of what a facility has to have. But you can't host big events without the hotel and restaurant uh, industry, and you look at what's built around BC Place, the Yale Town area, hotels, uh, it has really become a hosting city second to none in Canada. And then what you talked about, the beauty shots, make it also a very attractive domestic and international television property as well. There's very few domestic shots of a downtown core and North Shore Mountains that would reveal itself the way Vancouver reveals itself. Yeah, firstly, my apologies to your listeners. It was 2011. I was at both the Great Cups, 11 and 14. It was 11, my apologies. Uh, I think what makes Vancouver so great is the simple, the simple fact that we have a record of doing events and doing them very well. And it started with the 2010 Olympics, and it keeps running in Vexus Games next year as well. One, you know, one year, one year countdown Prince Harry's this and week. Whistler as we yeah. speak, etc. So we, we've done it, and we've done it well. And then we have all the other accoutrements, you might call, the beautiful scene, the hotels, all the infrastructure is there, and we've proven it. Just a shout-out. SkyTrain from the airport to our stadiums. Canada Line. Very few, Canada Line. Very few cities in the world have that. And Legacy of Vancouver 2010. That is Buy and Sell, presented by Pastime Sports and Games for this week. We're going to finish the hour strong just around the corner with our with our sport market pitch, our sport business proposal of the week presented by Chambers Plan Employee Benefits. But before we get there, we're going to take a lighter side take on the business of sport. The Sport Market on Sportsnet 650 presents The Rolfson Report, the comedy of sport with Corbin Rolfson. 
Something was lost in this whole Ridley Gregg empty net debate. Five years ago, the Senators would have missed that shot. Gregg, the anti-Patrick Stefan. Ryan Reeves said, make hockey violent again. Uh-oh, get ready for the MHVA ball caps. You know someone's working on those. White lettering on red, red for blood. Kings Golden Knights preseason game announced for Salt Lake City next season. What, they couldn't get the Sharks and Coyotes? Somebody called Boise, Idaho. Vancouver Canucks have Phil Kessel skating in Abbotsford. Their current roster is excited about him joining as their fitness evaluations are greater on a bell curve. Nick Taylor was the manager of Waste in Scottsdale. Next up, the 1-800-GOT-JUNK open, which has an especially rowdy gallery. It's a thin line between the 1-800-GOT-JUNK open and the Facebook marketplace invitational. If you had told me Nick would be the number one Taylor of the weekend, I would have said you were crazy, but there he was, swiftly but gently. You've been listening to The Rolfson Report, the comedy of sport with Torben Rolfson, a special feature of the sport. Listen again on the podcast and stay tuned Tuesdays at noon at facebook.com slash the sport market. Now more of the sport market, rating and debating the bulls and bears of sports business. The end boards now to Pedersen trying to wrap around it, roll through the crease on the far side. Zadorov shoots left point. He scores! Nikita Zadorov snaps it for the left point and beats Alex Lyon up high. It's 3-0 Canucks. Big goal for Zadorov. Big week for the Vancouver Canucks who've won three straight going into their hosting of the Winnipeg Jets. Canucks have the best record in the National Hockey League. Jets go in with the seventh best record and it could go a long way towards determining how these two teams very high-performing Canadian teams this year uh, stack up against each other or with respect to each other going into the playoffs. It's time to throw you this pitch. Here's the sport market pitch. Tom Mayonex Sports Business Proposals of the Week. Presented by Chambers Plan Employee Benefits. It's more than just health and dental. It's a toolkit that not only protects your business, but protects your employees. Get started today at chamberplan.ca. The NBA All-Star Game is this weekend, and Adam Silver is following through on his repurposing pitch from a few years ago. He told us he wanted the NBA to look more like a video game on television. He told us he wanted the court experience to be more interactive. That's happening in a big way. If you can watch any of the NBA All-Star Game this weekend, you'll see the glass interactive floor in Indianapolis. And he also told that the NBA needs to continue to be ahead of the curve on technology. And that's where they are. They showcase technology, new AI trends, new digital trends, new customer service trends, all during the NBA All-Star Weekend. My pitch is to Gary Bettman and the National Hockey League. They need to take a page out of the NBA playbook. Certainly there's some things from the CFL, from the NFL that they can learn, but the NBA is a very similar proposition. 82 games, very similar ownership structure, often playing in the same arena, if not under same ownership. But why it's so important is the NHL is falling behind the other leagues in terms of national revenue. 44% of the NHL is still seat and ticket revenue. 44%. That compares to just 17% by the NFL. The national revenue 
of the NFL is 66%. Two of every $3 come from national media or sponsorship sources. In the National Hockey League, national revenue is just 19%. In order to get that 19% up and reliance on seat revenue down, the NHL has got to do more on the kid marketing, more on the technology and customer experience side, more pushing the envelope on the experience of what it's like to consume an NHL game, either in person, at home on television, or on your device. And some of the new NBA I stuff is exactly where the NHL needs to be preparing for the future. That's my pitch to the National Hockey League. Get younger, get focused on some technology, stay ahead of the curve, drive more national revenue. John Festinger, your response. Your uh, critique, your suggestion is 110% dead on. It is going to fall on completely deaf ears because it falls on Gary Bettman's ears. There has been no innovation in broadcasting, never mind digital media, in broadcasting in hockey caused by the NHL since the 1970s. There's nothing. Every other league has moved forward dramatically. The NHL is congenitally incapable of dealing with technology because Gary Bettman has absolutely zero vision in this area. Not that I think he has a lot of vision in other areas, but when it comes to media and broadcasting, zilch. Can you tell us how you really feel, John? (laughs) Aziz Rajwani, your quick response to the pitch presented by Chambers Plan Employee Benefits. NHL Christmas card for John. Um, (laughs) It's a lot tougher, I think, in the NHL than it is for the NBA. I agree with all your stats that you've raised. Perfect pitch. But innovation is a little bit tougher in the NHL, but especially when it comes to court surface. NBA was made for all those things. It's a sport that only has five players. There's the almost no boundary surface. between the fans the and the surface. The surface doesn't have to be cold. You know, so there's a lot more innovation that you can do. Everybody's faces, they all look like you. Even if you are wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror, they kind of look like you. Everyone else in all the other sports, particularly the NHL, looks very different. Nobody wears skates around, etc. All those kinds of things. So I think... NBA is a perfect product for that innovation. NBA is la- NHL is lacking, but they need to get up there as well. I agree. Now, to me, John, and I completely respect you've been, you know, inside the National Hockey League as executive vice president, uh, business operations for the Vancouver Canucks for Canucks Sports and Entertainment. I think they've made some progress in terms of game presentation and the use of the ice there. It's just stuff like AI-driven resources, digital, social. I mean, they have a hard time getting their heads around social marketing, including diversity marketing, but they just need to make this a priority, and that's my pitch. Okay, so projection systems have been around since the early 1900s. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about digital. 2005, I walk into the NHL head office and I say, let's do a deal with electronic arts. Let's figure out how to meld the video game and uh, and the broadcast. They have zero interest. That is exactly... You know, 20 years later, what the NBA is, is, is talking about. They don't have the ability 
at the NHL to do this? I think some common ownerships where the ownership owns the NHL and the NBA team, that's where they can start. And Adam Silver is the kind of commissioner that he believes what's good for professional sport in any league is good for the community of professional sports because it'll make more of the next generation of young British Columbians, Canadians, citizens of the world uh, be sports fans. If you enjoy rating and debating the bulls and bears of sport business as much as we do, you can download our podcast at uh, sportsnet.ca slash 650. You can also follow us on X at the Sport Market. That's T-H-E, Sport Market.